Welcome back to another edition of Be The Change Georgia, brought to you by Be Local Georgia. I'm Nathan Stuck, and I'm passionate about amplifying the voices of the amazing leaders surrounding the B Corp community in the Southeast who are showing how making a profit and making a difference aren't mutually exclusive ideas. Today, there are more than 4,000 B Corps across 75 countries and 150 industries, unified by one common goal, transforming the global economy to benefit all people communities, and the planet. If you want to learn how to plug into our purpose-driven business community alongside the inspiring leaders we feature on this show, check us out at BeLocalGeorgia.com, and we'll hope to meet you at our next event. Today, we dive deeper into the topics of inclusivity and leadership with Adrienne Gordon, founder of Practical Insight, LLC, and also the founder of the BEOS Network and the chair of Be Local Asheville. With over 20 years of business experience in operations and HR leadership roles, Adrienne is a true advocate for mission-driven companies seeking a measurable, sustainable path to success. In part two of our conversation with Adrienne, you'll discover her refreshing perspective on the delicate balance between passion and self-care, embodied by her philosophy of a beautifully spiced life. She shares her insights on avoiding burnout while championing the B Corp movement. Stay tuned because you won't want to miss her story behind her venture, Practical Insight, and how she guides mission-driven companies towards manageable, measurable progress without sacrificing their team's well-being. We hope you enjoy part two of our conversation with Adrienne Gordon. One of the things we do in the culture space and we've had these conversations on the b culture call which you regularly attend because you do love that component of the b corp space is uh inclusivity um you know and a crucial part of that is considering whose voice isn't being heard and in contexts like hiring how do you challenge conventional notions such as i don't know the weight of a four-year degree (laughs) so i know i know you have strong feelings there and ensure that diverse perspectives are valued So I think part of being inclusive is considering and being aware who is not at the table in the room, choose your analogy, right? Who is not part of the current conversation? Who are we not hearing from and how might this impact those folks? And then how can we find out? Let's test our assumptions. How can we find out the impacts, the perspectives, you know, the ideas, the questions, the concerns from those folks who are not part of this conversation? And so I think that's the, the first step to take um, in inclusivity. And so when the decision came out, repealing affirmative action in college admissions, you know, one of the first questions that came out is how will this impact access to education, right? Well, as somebody with an HR background, my first question is how is this going to impact people's access to an interview? Because that's the first step to getting a job, not just getting a job, but getting an interview, Having that face-to-face or screen-to-screen connection with another human being, talking about yourself, showing your personality, connecting the dots for them, who you are, where you want to go, what experiences you bring. But you have to get past that, you know, submission form. And if you can't check the box that you have a four-year degree and it's required for nearly every professional position, how are we going to get folks into our companies, into, you know, the future we're trying to build from a standpoint of business as a force for good, if we can't get them through the door, because our admission, you know, our submission form requires a four-year degree for every job that we have. 
Yet we know there are very, very real barriers to certain groups of getting into a four-year degree, particularly very um, elite or very highly selective programs. And so if you haven't had a whole lot of opportunity for extracurricular activities and leadership opportunities and extra tutoring and all of these other pieces, it's very, very hard to get into those highly selective schools. And so if you're only interested in the candidate, you know, who has a degree at Brown versus University of Alabama at Birmingham, like, what are you missing in considering those two candidates? I love that you took it to Alabama, too, because, you know, one of the people that just certified her company, but uh, Miss Valencia Bell down in Mobile with schools, success can happen out of low scores, which she does ACT prep. And that's half the, that's half of what she's trying to do is you 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 don't what we don't realize is how many students are faced with that choice of do I go to do I take out two hundred thousand dollars in debt to get this degree? Um, or do I just go start working? And then how many families also will carry the burden where grandparents will take out second mortgages on houses? And it's, it's something that we don't versus most of us, you know, especially, um, like a, an example, like a Brown or an Ivy league, like most people do just like, like, that's what you do. You get your good scores and you get your grades and you go to college and check the box. But there are a lot of people that's a very difficult decision to make. Um, if, if you aren't, you know lucky enough to get a, a full ride. Um, and so it's, it's a very interesting, I'm just glad you brought that up too. Cause I just wanted to shout out Valencia and the work she's doing for, with a mission of eradicating intergenerational poverty by eliminating student loan debt. Well, intergenerational wealth is a huge challenge to go into college now because of the, of the modifications to the student loan program. Students can only themselves take on so much debt, which I'm all in favor of. But if their parents or grandparents cannot either contribute or take on debt on their behalf, they have very limited options. And that's just a fact. And so if we are not considering um, that, when we look at two different candidates for a position within our company, and we're gonna go ahead and wait the person who came from Brown, who had a lot more advantages, likely, you know, who had a lot more resources likely, then we are not doing our part, I think, as, you know, B Corps and businesses interested in a better economy for all in the long term, giving that other applicant a fair shot. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And honestly, with some of the AI programs now, they're not even, we're not even going to see their resume because it's been filtered out by a bot. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, do you really need to be, have a four-year degree to be a coder or a website developer? Or, I mean, I can think of dozens of positions. I mean, what are we really filtering for here? You know, it used to be, oh, that, you know, you could, you could sort of hack it, right? You could stick through something for four years after, outside of your parents' home, you could get yourself to class on time, follow instructions, submit assignments. Okay, there are a lot of other ways, you know, to filter for those abilities if that's what you're looking for. Work experience being pretty high on there without um, disadvantaging folks who don't have intergenerational wealth and resources to pull from to get them into a top tier school, or so-called top tier school. I still remember asking my dad how much I had left in savings because I had a pretty good job in high school. I ref hockey. So most people make minimum wage and I was getting 25 bucks per game. I had a specialized skill, but I asked my dad after college, uh, how much, how much do I have left in savings? He goes, oh, how do you think you paid your way through college? <laughs> so, 
the answer was zero. Um, maybe I would have bought, uh, put less beer on the gas card if I had known that I was paying for it all. But um, solid life lesson from Dad. Just wish he had told me told me up front that I was paying for college. Um, one last thing I want to talk about, and we've touched on it, and we've 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 kind of we talked about burnout. Uh, we've talked about this kind of need for balance. You've you well, you've coined the term after our planning call. Beautifully spiced life to describe your balance of, of work, introspection, downtime. I know every year you get a cabin in the woods. You and your daughter go to the beach. You do these. You, you have these routines to make yourself get away from the work. How does this beautifully spiced life trademark philosophy guide your approach to avoiding burnout, especially as you champion like the B Corp movement, you know, it's above and beyond just your job. It's also the, the philanthropic work you do through Be Local Asheville. Well, I think you and I both know a little bit about burnout, right? I think we've been around, had a round or two of that ourselves. Exactly. And so I have a hard time with the, you know, the idea of trying to achieve a balanced life because I think balance makes us think of a scale, right? It has to be enough of this and enough of that. But really, I think more having, you know, the life I want to have is more like a well-balanced dish, right? If I'm making curry, I don't put the same amount of curry powder in as I put in coconut milk. It's either going to be really sweet or it's going to blow me up. And so, but it needs to be perfectly spiced, right? Um, and then I'm not a big fan of perfection. We talked about I'm big on progress versus perfection anyway. And so I like this idea of, you know, beautifully spiced, right? It has enough of all of the things that I really enjoy in my life. And I have the deep privilege of having the time and ability to build that for myself right now in my life. I'm, you know, my late forties and I have the time and I'm just, I'm privileged to do that. And so I've been able to take time to reflect and to plan um, and spend time with my family and give back to my community and choose the clients I want to work with and the causes I want to support and go and cheer my Carolina Panthers on because I need some of that excitement in my life and that passion. Um, I like to go listen to live music, but I also like to go and hike by myself in the woods and go to the beach by myself and just sit there just what I did last weekend. And it was beautiful. Um, and I need all of those things and it's okay. And I think that's the key to keep being able to continue doing this work is you have to know what you need in terms of momentum, in terms of rest, um, in terms of support, in terms of excitement, distraction sometimes. Um, and you just have to figure out what you need for yourself and have to get to a point where we're comfortable saying what we need um, and asking for the time or support we need to achieve those things so that we can continue doing the work because it's not going away. We're, as you said, we're not going to see the world we want to create. It's not going to happen in our lifetime, but we can make a hell of a lot of progress if we can do that in a way without burning ourselves out in the process. And we'll just have to edit out for all our listeners in Atlanta the fact that she did in fact say she's a Carolina Panthers fan. Um <laughs> That's part of the peaceful meditation. That's where she goes. Nothing, nothing happens. It's nice and quiet. Oh, I got jokes. Um, uh, but for our listeners, Nathan's actually been to a game with me and knows that I don't sit down. I rent the space where my seat is, and stand the whole game, and lose my voice. And, and they do this horrible thing where they like bang their seats oh, yeah. against its odds. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> Um, last question I have for you, my favorite question to wrap up these, these episodes, these interviews, 
What's one question you wish I had asked you? And yes, you can answer it. Ah, um, what is practical insight and why did I go out on my own? Ooh, great question. <laughs> you want to plug your business? <laughs> what is this? A podcast? <laughs> go for it. What is practical insight and why did you go out on your own, Adrienne? So practical insight is the phrase that someone I worked with for several years gave to me when I first started doing some consulting work. And I said, how would you describe what I do? Again, I'm all about my community and going out for support and saying, you know, reflect back to me. Like, what do you see? Well, Adrienne, you always give practical advice to when you work with a business. Like it's very actionable. It's very real. It's very down to earth, but it's also insightful. Um, it helps them see a connection that they were missing. And so I just adopted practical insight as my tagline. And then when I formed a company earlier this year, I did an exit from a financial planning firm and decided to go out on my own. I am officially, I'm a reluctant entrepreneur. I've been asked for many, many years why I hadn't gone out on my own and finally felt ready. Um, finally felt like this is how I wanted to approach that beautifully spiced life I'm trying to create. And so I primarily work with mission-driven companies that are struggling with one of two things. The mission is ethereal and they can no longer connect it to the day-to-day -day, or the day-to-day -day is not making sense with the mission the other way around. Like it's all about the mission, chasing the mission. And so when they're in one of those two spots, they bring me in to help them figure out the structures that will get them and the pace that will get them there. So trying to figure out how to do manageable and measured progress towards their goal without burning out their team. That's my, that's my mission. Be a bad, you'd be a bad B Corper trying to burn out everybody. <laughs> but we can't <laughs> burn out our B Corps, can't burn out our teams. No. Yeah. Same, same reason, same reason that work is important because, you know, the fact when the mission strays or the mission becomes the main thing, um, we lose sight of what keeps us in business, which is yeah. um, sales, revenue, accounts receivable, Profit. getting paid. Those are the things that make the consulting game fun, though, when you get to really help, especially mission driven founders. Yes. You know, because you realize that the success of their business is the success of their mission. So if you can make their business successful, you can help them scale their mission. And that's why when we talk when we talk about work life balance, like to me, that's not really work. That to me is the fun side of the equation that I enjoy. Um, now, if I have to put it in a spreadsheet and we're back to the work side. The founders of mission driven companies need support so that they have less of a burden in running the business and achieving the mission, because there's always a little bit of a rub there, right? And so you have to figure out how do you make those decisions? What are your priorities? And that's always the core values, both, you know, under EOS, but also through B Corp is who are we, you know, what are those core value guardrails? And if we can put some structures and processes and flow of information and clarity of roles in place, it's going to make that founder's literal life a lot easier because things start running smoothly on the day-to-day -day and they can chase that mission. And that's what I want them to do. You know, the visionaries like you, like chase the mission, go nuts. You're going to see all these things. I'm not going to see as an integrator, that internal person who runs the business. And then I can, my job is to figure out the how, how do we get there? What's going to, you know, get in our way? How can we pivot around that? Like that's the fun stuff for me. Yeah, no, that's why I love picking your brain. Um, Cause our brains are completely different. Adrian, I feel like we've gone for hours, but I'm sure our listeners are, Reach, reaching their destinations or wherever they're listening to this. No, I just want to thank you for coming on. And I, I think there was some real, I know I had some aha moments during this 
just listening to you and as well as we know each other as many times as we've talked and gone super deep it was very there's some eye-opening moments that you just shared and so thank you for sharing your your wisdom with not just me this time with the world with our listeners so thank you so much appreciate it thanks for having me but i really appreciate it well that wraps up another edition of be the change georgia we're grateful as always for the opportunity to serve you with this content and grow this incredible community of purpose-driven b corp leaders if you haven't already we would be grateful for you to rate the show wherever you get your podcast by simply tapping the number of stars you think it deserves and sharing it with a friend This helps us get the word out and continue to use our collective influence as a force for good. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening and now go be a leader worth following.